this week on the IVG podcast. India's first Xbox Series X unboxing, a roundup of Xbox Series X and Series S reviews, and our in-depth impressions on Dirt 5, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Guys, welcome to IVG podcast number 59. I'm Nash. I'm Gagan. Cheers. <laughs> and I'm Sam. What up? Dude, we are so close to 60, bro. I can just feel it in my fucking bones, man. Like, this is like <laughs> the most consistent we've been for the podcast. We've been with the podcast since I think ever. Ever. Yeah, dude. Ever. For like, sure. so many podcasts back to back. I think it's the pandemic, but dude, like, I'm just saying, we, we should <laughs> fucking keep going here, dude. This is awesome. Dude, the pandemic, pandemic, and next gen. Yeah. And next gen, and next gen. And speaking of next gen, so there's some next gen news today, right? Like, who's got people all like panties in a bunch kind of thing, dog? That's what I heard. <laughs> there, was, there was an Indian unboxing of the Xbox Series X. I mean, Indian is in quotes. Exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah. And Indian is in quotes because this guy is actually not based out of India. But still, he had the Indian unit. So, you could tell with the plug. The power plug right. was Indian. But other than that, it's just a regular Xbox Series X. But anyways, Technical Guruji is the guy who... Uh, I mean, people who follow... I guess tech influencers might know him really well, but he's not really a gaming guy. So it was kind of weird to see him get to do the, to do the first unboxing. And you could tell he's not a gamer because it was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. did, he, did he speak about any, like, did he show off any games or was he just like, <laughs> this is the box and this is the plug and this is the this and this and that. Like, did he give any insights? He did nothing, dude. He just showed off the console. He just unboxed it. He called the power button. The light hai yahan pe. He's, he, he called the RT and the RB, LT uh, and LB buttons. The L1, R1 and uh, R1, R2. Uh, sorry. L1, L2, R1, R2 button. I have a couple he, of bricks down, dude. I have an excuse. <laughs> so basically, he called the Xbox bumpers and triggers as R1, R2, L1, L1, L1. Uh, yeah. Yep. So the, what I found funny was that he was very impressed that they gave Duracell batteries with it. <laughs> yeah, he was very he happy was, with that. He's like Duracell. <laughs> also, he said. Also, he was in that that oh, that now that the, that the unboxing is done. I want to go and play 8K games on this. I'm like, good luck with that shit. <laughs> so basically, he's just trying to flex that he has an 8K TV. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, like the guy earns like a shitload of money and all, not just through YouTube but also through sponsorships so, and all. Yeah, so it's so here's the thing, you know, like even in the US and in Western media, I've seen a lot of like non-conventional uh, dudes who normally don't review hardware get the Xbox, like Jack Frags, for example. But he did the impressions in a very nice gamer sort of way. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like in something that would interest me. Like he actually played some of the games. He played Doom. He played Dirt because these come preloaded with your Xbox, right? When they want yeah. to show it off. And, and that was actually really cool. So it's really weird that these guys in India, they went to the completely opposite direction and they gave this Chacha or Guru or whatever the fucking piece to <laughs> do a review. I, I mean, not a review, an unboxing. It's like... Like, like, what up, bro? Like, how do they even get this guy? Like, there are other guys they could have gone to or gamers or like, who's the other dude who used to be on IVG? Jose, right? 
like yeah. would he be a more ideal candidate for something like this it's it's baffling dude dude honestly Definitely. anyone will be a better candidate but the thing is that this guy first of all he never reviews anything he just unboxes he's super popular because he's been doing this for just about every mobile phone and he's got some really really good access and he has a right. massive following he's like one of the top youtubers in india uh, even though he doesn't live in india but still you know i mean he speaks the language he gets the connect and uh, so yeah it kind of does make sense to give him the latest gadget out there but a gaming console dude he should have at least read up on it man on what this thing is before even opening it and everything he, I, he yeah so yeah clueless. see that's 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 the part that really got to me like that i get okay this guy uh, he's big i'm sure he's earned the fame that he's gotten on that's so, so good for him but i think if you're going to do a gaming unboxing and you and you want a gamer the least you can do is do your homework before it yeah he's I mean, just, that's not much to ask when like they're giving you an exclusive like india exclusive it's a big deal right because there's so many influencers who are vying for that shit yeah Yeah. So let me ask put you this. Put in some effort. What uh, this guy's got it now. So now, what about like actual journalists in in our country? Like you know, guys who normally do this kind of stuff for review. Are their reviews out? Because I haven't been following this shit to be honest. No. So also, also the reason he probably got it is that uh, so he actually isn't based in India. He's based in Dubai, and okay. and uh, and I know Microsoft has identified some. media in india to to also get the xbox for preview and review but i i also heard that uh they are having some uh some issues in terms of getting some clearances to get those units in now unlike the consoles that are sold that, that are going to be brought in for sale the ones that come in for review and all have to go through a different process so it seems to be some sort of delay that's being caused in in bring, getting those units in so i think which is why they kind of realize that this is a this is an is an easier way to get an indian indian influencer to get to do an unboxing before launch because now we're 5 days from launch yeah. so if they don't get those units in and give them to media soon enough then they lose out on that pre launch hype so i guess this is the the way and they uh, giving review units to media itself so why is there a different process here i'm so confused because those are promotional and marketing and whereas the ones for sale come as a different shipment entirely there are different rules for that stuff like it go it works same with with the, with game review copies the ones right. that come for sale and the ones that comes that come as promo discs they have to be they have to be brought in separately and there's a different process and different kind of uh, i don't know there's some paperwork so, that's different so do you know of any uh, indian media houses who've already got their hands on with this or no one's got it i don't think anyone's got their hands on it in india yet we definitely don't <laughs> yeah also promo discs well that was a good time <laughs> yeah that was such a like a retro statement bro it, like took me back when we used to get those discs and all wrapped in like shiny plastic you remember yeah. that it wasn't that it wasn't that long ago dude it wasn't that long ago it was way before the ps4 pro happened at least for sure no dude like when was burnout revenge remastered that was the last one i got i think that wasn't that long ago really? two years ago yeah, dude i i bought that game i didn't even wait for code cuz it's burnout bro i was like one love bro one love yeah but that was quite recent and and that we had promo promo discs for that really yeah. wow okay. yeah, yeah. So one sec. So just to so before we move on for this, this dude basically he unboxed it. He didn't he didn't like review it. He didn't give any opinion or nothing. So nothing. So he just ended right. with like a little blurt that I'm gonna plug this to my 8K TV, bro. Okay, <laughs> game on okay. it. So, right. so like yeah, okay, cool. No, no. But speaking on Xbox, I mean there is a there is a small update because a lot of people have been asking me uh, about how they can get an Xbox Series X, and I was talking to Microsoft about it, and they said that. it's unlikely they will get any more stock for launch 
uh and it seems like the second so the second stock will only come in after diwali so i think we're looking at at least a week to 10 days after launch for the for more units to come in in case anyone is looking to buy it okay what about the existing stock are there no no commitments to the offline retailers or it was only online they've already committed but they had to and those have already been pre-ordered and sold so nothing is there now pre-ordered and sold even from the offline guys like chroma and all, not chroma i guess chroma doesn't deal no so the, whoever the offline guys were they were already given an allotment beforehand and they did they did their own pre-orders and and it's sold out there's no more stock that's going to be in stores on day 1 to buy oh okay so you cannot just go to uh, if that changes over the next 5 days i don't know but uh as of now there is there, there will not be any stock in any stores on day 1 so It'll diwali just not be the next diwali is like 14th november so that's just 4 days away from the actual launch of the console it is yeah, that long away but post diwali is a very vague period ah, it could be december diwali. also so right <laughs> uh we never know well at least it might come before the ps5 <laughs> And let's just skip past PS5 again because I, 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 I don't want to talk about there. PS5, dude. Yeah, let's just add that. There is no new update. There's nothing. PS5, like no announcement. A B is quiet. So besides that, even the uh, Xbox Series X and S, the consoles have been reviewed. The reviews are already out right now. Quite fresh, in fact. Yeah. So the verdict is pretty much the same what they've been saying the past few months that uh, we I mean by now everyone knows what the consoles really do but what's a little surprising is that apparently Xbox Series S even though it's a visual downgrade the FPS uh, on FPS level it stays at it promises you 120 FPS at all the games that do that on the X as well as well as give you gives you 60 FPS performance in a lot of games though at a little, little cut down resolution and all that but on the fps front it's quite solid from the reviews which is interesting really nice and uh, and the loading times are like definitely better than what they were on the 1x so you know that's also an advantage if you want to kind of uh, move on to something like that it it has a few next gen features but yeah it's like a starter level console at the end of the day you don't want to get that if you're a gaming enthusiast or you get about visuals and all that stuff but also like my my whole thing on the series s is that it's all well and good to see performance at launch but clearly this this console is not going to sell as well as we've seen in, in india and everywhere in the world so right. i don't see how i don't see how uh, game developers are going to optimize for the series s they'll optimize for one for, for the xbox one and for the series x and xbox one will just have a boosted version on the series s So I don't know how how much of that like like will you like you probably will never see a 1440p game on the series yes it'll just be a, a either 1080p at 60 fps no, or you that's not the case you know, that kind of that's not the case in fact apparently dirt 5 runs on a solid 1440p on the series s and that's a lot of no that's too. my point that's my point this is launch i'm like as things go right. as things progress uh like if like like the developers will naturally focus their efforts on where their where their players are right and that's going to be on series x is going to be on ps5 it might be on xbox one and ps4 i don't see them optimizing also for series s so it will either be a very bad performing version of series x or like a boosted version of xbox one i don't see them having optimizing for like okay 1440p and 120 fps on series s i don't see that happening down the line because 
right now because they have to at launch they will do it but i don't see it happening so i think series s will will, will become a worse and worse investment as the years progress i feel so which is why, which is why i wouldn't jump into it yeah that that's something i mean obviously for you it's a definite uh, no but the thing is that you know what i mean like i'm thinking of it of its market being the kids that want a new console or a first console or the next console and everything and the parents just get them the series s and a game pass subscription and like okay now take this be happy don't eat my head again for the rest of the year so that <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's exactly that console to give. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but what about the rest of the world? Though? I mean, India, India, of course, we know that the units are still unsold. But what about everywhere else? Is Series S faring the same way? I think it's also sold out in most places in the West, in the US. But but the, I think that's also got to do with the stocks being less for what for for the Series S compared to Series X. Oh, is that, uh, okay. yeah. Interesting. You know, one thing, the, the thing about these reviews, I don't, I don't see the point of doing a console hardware review because yeah. firstly, firstly, we've already seen all this stuff in the previous videos, which are there in the previous embargoes. I mean, what can you really show like in the hardware, like we've already seen the unboxing, we've seen the UI, we've seen how some backward compatible games work. So I don't see the point of a review. Exactly. Like, did, did these guys give scores to the, to the uh, they devices did. at all? They did. So I managed to see the IGN videos. I mean, basically the embargo lifted one hour before we started recording this podcast. So I saw the IGN videos on both the X and S. So they gave the Series X an 8 out of 10 and the S a 7 out of 10. I don't know how they kind of got to that score and because they were just talking about the same points that were known all this while. I mean, there was nothing new revealed in the like, in the reviews at all. In Series S, because I never paid attention to any of those videos, I got to know about the 120 FPS performance across, uh, across all the titles that have it on X. But nothing groundbreakingly new. So yeah, they did give a review score. Yeah. I don't think Digital Foundry is doing anything like that though. I think they will, but they'll go more in depth. Like they'll actually review games and see performance and so forth. I'm hoping that they do. They do more than what IGN did because IGN it was again just showing the showing the console, showing the box. Or the box box looks really nice. It's like Apple. Yeah. Actually, one thing I really liked about Xbox Series X bo- uh, packaging as compared to PS5, there's so much thought gone into how they've packaged it, like how the way mm-hmm. you open it, the way you unbox it, as opposed to Sony's just put white random like oddly shaped white boxes and stuffed it into a bigger box and a very very uh, thin paper uh, like outside it so yeah 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 so xbox like a lot of thought has gone mm. into the whole packaging which, which is kind of cool when you're spending this much this kind of money on a console did you see nice to have that did you see the wrapping around the console the black wrapping that they put yeah yeah it yeah looks, i want to open that <laughs> i saw it <laughs> yeah. and i'm like wow i want to be, be so happy when i do that <laughs> yeah but yeah, I mean, like, still, uh, it's just like weird reviewing a console, like you said. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, reviewing games makes sense, but and you know, judging them on the console performance and all is okay. But I don't know what they were doing with. No, this. especially considering the kind of uh, you already had weeks and weeks worth of first unboxing. Then they showed the UI. Then they showed the backward compatible games. You've already seen all that. We've seen the SSD performance and how load times have improved. All we've all seen that. Yeah. So the review now is pretty much pointless. We knew all this stuff. Now only there's a score at the end of it. Exactly. So. It's just it's just meeting the content quota or something. <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. Right. But anyway, any- that's that's pretty much the console and hardware stuff and from now on it's just the games we're talking about and there's three new games that uh, that we have to talk about so i think first up is dirt 5 nash you've been playing it right i have i have um i mean i haven't played a whole lot i've played maybe two hours but dude 
I fucking love this game, man. I love what they've done with this game. So I like remember I asked you. I was not sure like Dirt was always arcadey uh, because I knew they had like an arcade spin-off. Then they had a actual Dirt Rally, uh, uh, a Dirt Rally game. So anyway, I didn't know about this game. But then when I tried it, I was like, dude, this shit is legit because it plays like an arcade game inside like. A simulator of sorts game you know what i'm saying like it's not a free fall open game like how motorstorm would be which you know which a uh, couple of guys have actually wondered not just the gaon the ivg group because of the way it looks and just i think because of the way uh you know aesthetically your car gets all mucky and shit people yeah. think it's kind of like motorstorm but it's actually an arcade game that's set within like the dirt universe is probably the best way i could say it. also also reason uh, somebody may wonder is because uh i think this is the first time in the series where you have races where uh you have weather changes through the race right, like, right. like 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 day and night will change it starts raining suddenly which is i think so for the first I time i actually had that happen to me and it is fucking damn hectic dude because i was playing this race in africa okay and you're and you're in this like a really fast car but then you start going on all these hills and stuff and suddenly you know the sun starts setting so now so it looks gorgeous but you have to be really careful because you could fall off the cliff or you could lose your lead very fast so i thought that was pretty dope the way they did that in the game and then suddenly like you're on a dirt track and it starts raining and then it gets like a little sloshy so it mm. gets a little trickier to maybe turn you skid a little more like but it's not so tough that you're going to be like oh fuck it's raining now i'm lost the race you know like i think right, it's right. super accessible and i don't even play that many racers and i could play the game like pretty decently yeah i saw the video that you put up and actually everyone should check that out it's a pretty good video about uh, dirt 5 is this next gen and honestly i saw the, the way the car was being controlled and i even asked you that question like yeah. is there other controls that good or is this all your skill so like yeah you did mention that the controls are good and that actually gets me pretty excited because i love arcade racers but i found in a lot of arcade games as well the controls end up being a little bit floaty and nfs is like the biggest culprit in that nfs is but for me and i'm sure for sam also at least for now the the yardstick is like forza horizon series you know and yeah, yeah. and and i'm actually playing forza horizon on the side and when i was playing watch dogs legion like the driving in that was so jarring i was like ah oh, dude this fucking sucks <laughs> but when i'm playing code master i'm oh, sorry when i'm playing dirt i'm like yo this is pretty decent this is what good racing kind of feels like so it's but it's a lot more structured that's what i like in a way and i think that's what you may also like because forza mm. also is still open world you know right. uh, and and so all the new need for speed this is very very structured like you have a rally course you do your two laps three laps or whatever and you're done you move on to the next thing yeah i like that i don't want to just wander around the world once i'm done with the race and shit like that that's how i see right so this game absolutely so in fact if you see the menu if you see in the video the menu just has like races like boom 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 four five races and you just go from one to the next and the good part is you don't have to hit first every time like i think my first four races i came first but like the fifth race i came third even then it was chill you know the games like go to the next one you want to come back maybe do it again get your gold in there you can do that so it doesn't like gate you which a lot of games do where you need a certain amount of stars or you need a certain amount of things to kind of go forward so it's even more accessible to the casual guys i like that yeah that sounds actually interesting and i do want to try it out later on probably once i get a next gen console but yeah and so the uh, one thing the one thing that really stood out for me is that it, like after after you played it a bit and you and I spoke with you you mentioned that the game looks really good 
and that kind of surprised me because like whatever we've seen of the game like the game has got a lot of flack for uh for the way it looks in fact there were a lot of craig memes that were superimposed onto dirt screenshots to that <laughs> because you know because it's it's kind of being used also uh, to to kind of showcase xbox uh, the new xbox consoles because that's they don't have a racing game at launch so the dirt 5 is by default right. the xbox is launch racing game so it hasn't got a lot of good good response to its visuals so when you mentioned that it looks good i was kind of surprised but then the video that you've put up on the on the ivg youtube it kind of backs that up it does look really good and yeah. and this is with compression right like you see it running here so i'm running the game uh, maxed out i've maxed everything out and the game supports 1440 uh, sorry 144 hertz gameplay which is what i'm playing now so it just feels so smooth and nice it's like like you got to see this like it's one of the things you got to experience yourself then rather than just see it because i saw my footage once it was on youtube and i could see that footage still didn't look as good as what the game looked on my pc yeah yeah the youtube has some terrible compression fuck all dude and but but dude in fact this is an amd uh, supported game also so i think that's why maybe i don't know i lucked out or whatever because i do have an amd rig right now and this one really really worked well with that nice Yeah. Would you be playing that on and launch Sam? Um I don't know. I mean I I I I do enjoy the dot games. I have not uh I don't know if I'll be picking this up right now but eventually definitely will be playing. Dude, this. I would also say that it's one of those games where you guys just have it installed and like maybe you know in between games or like if you have 10 minutes right. to game jump in do a race and fuck off that's what i do with this game it's not one of those games there's no campaign i will say the one thing i do dislike about the game is that dude there's so much fucking manjan in this game like the fucking guys on the radio is just like <laughs> yeah I, i saw that on and on and on and i'm like bro i'm so going to mute that shit so this seems like a perfect game to have on quick resume on the xbox right right i was just coming to that and you know it's got a pretty good soundtrack but otherwise you could just load up spotify play this game two races like 10 15 minutes in and out you're done nice so it's a pretty cool game like that definitely yeah. so would you recommend this for someone who is into arcade racing games oh for sure dude so you know it's weird because once you told me that that feedback for this game is not good i actually went and i read like a lot of reviews and some of the reviews that i read the negative ones they were giving it a negative review because they were like dude it's too arcadey and i'm like bitch it was a fucking arcade game how can you like review it saying that it's an arcadey game so it's bad like that mm. that didn't make any sense to me you know but the guys who loved the game they were like dude this is awesome like technically it's a very solid game like i couldn't see any issue i don't know how it's going to play on consoles but i'm pretty sure it's going to play really well because i do believe this game does 120 hertz if i'm not mistaken on xbox it series does. x yeah it so it's going to look like fucking kadak on that it's going to be awesome so if you are in the market and you kind of think that hey you know what do the arcade games that kind of died out to this one for sure Nice, nice. Yeah, dude, I've been looking for a game like this only in racing, dude. I mean, I think it's right up what. Is I've this been... on Games Pass, though? No, it's not. It's I thought it initially it was going to I be because that. because of the way they were talking about Game Pass and all these games. So Yakuza, Dirt Five, none of these games are on uh, at launch on Game Pass. So the yeah. Yakuza like a dragon one, the new yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, because because yeah. I've seen the I think um, all the Xbox Series X units had all these games loaded in. This is why I also thought that it'll be bundled with Games Pass or whatnot. 
Right. And in fact, like they sent out an emailer also in which they had like, images of these games, like as an experience games in next gen or whatever. Right, and right. below that, right below that, they had written like uh, available, like lots of games available on Game Pass or something. So a lot of people confuse that these games are going to be on Game Pass when that's not the case. So Major Nelson actually had to come and clarify all this. Right, right. It's very weird. But yeah, I think they want people to believe that. Come. <laughs> <laughs> So, this being November, we have a lot of games. We're reviewing a lot of stuff. So, let's just quickly move into the next game. Holy shit, dude. (laughs) Both of you have actually played. I'm actually holding off till hopefully PS5 comes my way. But Miles Morales, dude, how is it? So, dude, I've said this in my review and I'm saying it again. Don't even bother holding for the PS5 for uh, playing Miles Morales. It's such a good game and it is so well optimized on the PS4 Pro. That's what I played it on. I don't know how it's going to run on the base consoles, but... On the Pro, it runs fantastic. It has all those little perks that you want, like that we saw in the videos and all, in which when you jump uh, jump from an outdoor uh, scenario into an indoor uh, probably building or something like that, there's absolute, it's completely seamless. Like there are no loading screens in between. And uh, the game just looks so fantastic, man. It looks better than what the original for Spider-Man did. The weather effects, everything in the game is like really, really good. And the story, the music, I mean, the story has, though it's a very short campaign, it's just a 10-hour campaign uh, from what I played. But the thing is that, you know what, I mean, this it has all the heart that was there in the original story that kind of made it nice. So I like that about it. And the music in the game is definitely an upgrade. The first game had a very cinematic score, you know, I mean, like it, it was very Marvel movies kind of a thing. Right. But, Right. But but here it's all hip hop and it's right. really good hip hop. So, it's like the, that into the Spider Verse, right? Because that yeah. has a very really dope soundtrack too. Yeah, that, that's actually the reference I've used in the review as well. That it's it seems to sound a lot like that. And dude, that skin, that skin is something else, man. Not skin, sorry, costume. The the Spider Verse costume. Holy shit, dude! You can turn on the animations from the movie, so he will. Dude, act- I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. It's like it was the, awesome. <laughs> dude, the suit, the suit actually animates at a lower frame rate than it the does. game. Yeah, and and that's deliberate to make it to make it. Dude, it just it is. It was so jarring for me. I, I had to, I, I just turned it off immediately. And after, when you hit I, people and everything, you get those sound effects like twap and all that stuff. So yeah. So but anyway, a, I stopped so- using that because it took up slots. That's why. I do have a question though. Now, I played the first game as well, right? And I loved it. But I I did feel that that game had like a lot of bloat in it. Like you had to do the same side quest in every fucking burrow or whatever you call it, right? Now, given that this is a standalone expansion, it's a lot leaner. Is there side content to begin with? And if so, is it bloated or is it like nice and concise? Okay, so there is side content and there is a bit of repetition, but it is not to the extent in the first game. In the first game, it was like really, really bloated. Yeah, dude. As in like you could have just about equal amount of campaign time and equal amount of side quest time. Here, it's not that bad. And the side quests have a good amount of variety. There's even this one uh, homage quest about catching pigeons and everything. <laughs> that was uh, there. That was a nice. big part of the first game and also and it's it's done in a very nice way in which you have this nice little cell phone interface that you get by doing a left swipe and it lists out the, the little side quests that you have and you can access them and then get the location on your map and go for it. It's really nice. But, but the, dude, there is, there is one side quest which I absolutely fucking hate which they've added in this one which is so fucking annoying the sound one so far i've managed to actually crack that very easily 
No, it's not about easy or difficult. It's it's so annoying. Yeah, like, it's, like it's why would you why would you want to do play that side quest? It's just damn. It's, I don't know why it's in the game. So everything else, everything else about this game has improved, has has changed for the better. Like like even simple things like you can now actually map two of your favorite combos onto the D pad. Yeah, which is, and which is like really cool. Like like small touches like that are very nice. Mm. Uh, but you know there are there are these side quests like you know the like there are hideouts that you have to uh, liberate. Then there are those agility uh, challenges and things like that. So those those will remain, but that doesn't come in the way of the story at all. Like you're never forced to indulge in anything as yeah. bloaty to go through the story, which and, is what I appreciate. In fact, I actually like those side quests because you know it kind of gives me practice uh, for the stealth abilities and all that I have generally, so I can so I don't lose touch with it in between the campaign and stuff when I'm doing other things and all. So it it's just good practice and it's a good way to try out all different kind of abilities that you and upgrades that you keep getting in this game. And speaking of which, there are two main abilities that we should talk about that makes this a much yeah. much better experience. Yeah. So one of them is are the bio- no, not spoilers at all. I mean, like this is a part of the game, and you've seen this in the gameplay videos as well. So what is the bioelectrical? Actually, actually, we haven't talked. We haven't seen that in the gameplay videos. What yeah, you have the bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge sequence. He had that bioelectrical ability, dude. It was all through. Oh, right. Right, right, right. And uh, so anyway, he has this bioelectrical ability called Venom in which he kind of, uh, he can charge his certain kinds of hits with electrical power. And those are baller, dude. You remember those big ass guys? That- yeah, so basically, basically in the first game, Spider-Man was, was very agility based. Like, exactly. like, like he didn't, he didn't feel strong that you could pack a punch. Now with this Venom thing, he actually like really, like when he punches, now you feel the, the weight behind it. Now you feel like this guy actually powerful. Powerful, whereas earlier it was it should be more about being agile and being quick. And yeah, now, and you, the, now you have that as well. And in the first game, you know, there were certain enemy types like the guys with shield. There was like just this one particular way to take them down, and which you which you had to do like a puzzle, like you know, like you catch the shield with the web and I kind of hit them with it and shit like that, disarm them first, and then do that. Over here, this venom ability kind of gives you the upper hand. You can just use that whenever you are in a tough spot and kind of get out of situations and shit like that. So that that's yeah, a but, really but also. Venom, uh, they have a cooldown period for it. So once you use yeah, it, you can't keep spamming it. So which is which is. I mean, good. yeah, but but it's fairly easy to build up if you're playing it right or dodging things the right way and shit like that. So, yeah. Dude, I have a question also. So um, the first game in some places uh, on normal became quite challenging. Is this game also tough or is it easier? So there are there are there are boss there are there is only actually one boss really but uh, and that can get challenging i mean I, right. I played the game on normal and i found it a bit challenging i think be, uh, other than that so many of the encounters like like, like a like for example a hideout uh like in the earlier games of the hideout if you do the whole thing in stealth it's 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 like a piece of cake right, but the moment right. you, the moment you get spotted like they call in their reinforcements yeah, and, yeah, and you get yeah, fun. Yeah. so that yeah. that is still really hard once the reinforcements come but right. if you but but you can still do the whole thing in stealth and then it's pretty easy right also, 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 also! You in this game, another ability he has is invisibility. Oh, that's a cool one, man. So, and 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 later you you get this perk that moment someone spots you during a stealth moment, you go invisible, so so so, so they can't raise an alarm. Right. It's kind of a cheat, but doesn't but that make it, it very op? Like it sounds like exactly, exactly. Open, it, does, it does, it, it does, it does. So, so basically, stealth becomes like you're invincible in stealth. But yeah, there are certain enemy types that can even spot you if you're invisible, so you cannot get away from them. But otherwise, you are definitely way more OP in this one than you are in the previous Spider-Man game. 
in yeah. the previous Spider-Man game, like a lot of challenges I found like really, really tough. But here I had a good arsenal to kind of get away from a lot of situations. It arms you well that way. But yeah, I mean, overall, definitely, I think it's a better game. And if I had to go back to playing the 2018 Spider-Man game, dude, it, it would be tough, man. I would really miss these abilities. And even quality of life improvements. Dude, I, you know, the one thing I don't like, I mean, I did play this game for like an hour, the intro, and there's one thing I didn't like, and I know this is just me, but the constant fucking chatter. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up, you know? And Miles sounds really whiny to me. I don't know why. <laughs> he sounded like mad whiny. Like the Miles in the movie was yeah. cool. This guy sounds damn weepy, whiny, and childish, dude. Like, I wish you could really tone that down in games, you know? Like the, the Drake-ness. Like, I don't know. Everyone has this nowadays. The Drake-ness, you mean from Uncharted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Drake fucking fatigue, dude. Like, I think before him, in video games, there weren't that many cocky protagonists. But once Drake came out, every second dude's cracking jokes, right? Yeah. And I know... No, also, no, but also, this guy, is, this guy is also a teenager, so you can't really I understand, I understand. To, yeah. And it is his character, and Spider-Man is talkative. It's just that me... This is personally, this is like old man yelling at clouds kind of moment. It's it's right. just a very personal thing. I don't like, that's why I didn't like Kamala Khan in Avengers because she would not shut the fuck up, dude. No, but you do have a point. A lot of lines do get repetitive because he talks that much. You know, when you when I'm in stealth mission, like he'll say lines like another one bites the dust or uh, something like <laughs> be careful of spiders, man. No, watch oh. out for spiders, man. Those are the two lines that he keeps saying over and over again. And it gets annoying every time I take someone down. So it's just... But that's a very comic book thing. Like, oh, uh, like, you know, that those scripts are very comic booky. So I don't think this is common to other games, but like, especially because, because it's like, like comic book inspired character you have these one liners well, I, so I, I don't mind the quips but i what they repeat a lot so that's that's the yeah. thing maybe they're going to be fixing it with a patch that's supposed to be out you know these kind of games should have like a meter like quip meter you know they should introduce <laughs> this in game full quips no quips and middle of the road quips out fuck with that quip meter bro that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like you remind me of something that uh, my brother used to do. Like when we were kids, I used to play games on the Sega Genesis and all that. We used to always find the music very, very annoying. So we used to always turn off background score for every game before right. starting to play. So yeah, yeah, this kind of reminds me of that. I I get that. I get. So so let me ask you this. Now the game is being sold for how much? Four grand. Yeah. So let me ask you this individually, right? Now, both of you played the game, you finished the game. Is it worth uh, the money for a 10-hour campaign? And are you guys ever going to play the campaign again? Does the game have replayability? So Sam, why don't you go first on this one? Dude, I don't like this question. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't like very nature question. <laughs> Dude, I think it's a disservice to say a game is good or not good because of how much it's priced. Right. Right. So, I mean, if you if you judge it by that, it's like not, like you're not buying a fridge, dude. So, for me, it's like, okay, it costs four grand and it's a lot of money. But I think it's a really good game. So, I won't say that it's not, it's, it's, it's less good because it costs four grand. Hmm. But I, I think it's a really good game and no, everyone should uh, so, play it. So, one sec. I'm, I just want to correct you there. What I mean to say is that four grand for a game that you'll probably play once or maybe twice as opposed to four grand for a game that has some replayability or a multiplayer component that you come back to it because a lot of people look at that value proposition 
the fra- right. talking so, about from that perspective. So I am the wrong person to ask about replayability because I there's not a single game in my entire life I've played more than once. Right. Uh, this this game does have a new game plus option which I will never ever actually go back to. Dude, uh, you I don't do that. You should. It, it unlocks new abilities and all that. You saw so many uh, abilities that were uh, locked in the first playthrough, right? Yeah, I, I, I did. But dude, I'm not into that. Like for me, the story is done. I I, I can't play through it again. Yeah. That's that's just something that I've always like. I can't like no matter how much I like the game, I can't I can't go back and replay it. So for me, like replayability is never even a consideration. But still, dude, I love this game. Like I like I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it is. And yes, it might pinch people who have to pay four thousand bucks for it. But also, but I also think that the reason is it's more expensive is because because it's also a free PS Five upgrade. So maybe that's the reason for it. But yeah, I love the game, and I would recommend that you guys pick it up. So. You- yeah, I mean, like, if you would ask me, then, dude, I mean, I, I think that the 10-hour campaign is a little too short for uh, something right. like if you're paying 4,000 bucks. I mean, though it's definitely not fair to uh, compare it to something that's like a games as a service or something that will last you for months and months. Definitely not that. But... Uh, the quality of the game is like really, really good. So it's very subjective. You know, if you have four grand to spend yeah. on a game, I mean, this is definitely the best one out there right now, even though it's a shorter experience. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at the same time, if you want a game that will last you throughout till Jan or something like that, this isn't it. I, I actually finished the game in uh, two settings or something, like five hour wow. settings each. So okay. yeah. yeah, same yeah. Yeah. So. No. Also, as a, as a counter to this whole uh, price for to an hour game, I mean, my counter thing is like okay, like a game like Odyssey or Origins, which costs the same amount of money and are like ten times as long. Dude, I never finished either of those games. So, yeah. is that worth four grand? Because I didn't finish it. Exactly. So for me, I don't, I don't buy that argument that it's a short game, so you shouldn't pay four grand for it. Right. Well, that's, that's just me, and I'm, so, and I'm, and I'm sure I'm a small minority. No, no. So the that. thing is that it's not an argument; it's a personal choice. The way exactly. people see it. So I'm not saying that, dude, you're wrong or I'm right. I'm saying that it's a personal choice, and personally, me. Now this is coming to me. I will not pay four thousand rupees for a game if I'm going to breeze through it in ten hours because I rugged out my game. So I need like at least yeah. 40, 50, 30, 40, 50 hours. I'm like, okay, cool. I've got my money's worth. I don't know. Maybe some like old school banya mentality, but that is how I am, you know? So let's just put it in a simple way. I would say if you're getting a PlayStation 5 at launch, whenever that is, you should definitely get this game along with that because this is going to be showcasing some mad abilities on that. And, this and is it's like a free upgrade, show up right? It's a free upgrade, yes. And uh, it's a game that will also run very, very well on your PS4. And, uh, you know, it's 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 not a bad investment that way. And there is a lot to do once you finish the campaign, if you're into it. But again, you know, I mean, it's not definitely not going to last you as long as a Valhalla or a Watch Dogs or any other game in that. So, right. yeah. Right. So, uh, one, one last question. If I buy this on the PS4 and then get an upgrade, or if I buy it straight for my PS5, it's the same price. Same price. If you're getting the ultimate edition with the uh, with the Spider-Man game in it, then it's one thousand oh, bucks sure, more. Sure, That's but just miles. Just miles is fine. It's the same uh, version on both consoles. Same price. Same yeah. price. Great, 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 great. Okay, okay. So both of you guys give it like a raring thumbs up, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What a game, man! I really loved it. It was the highlight of my weekend. Yeah, I yeah, loved it. Dude, this is better than the first game in in every way. And considering it's an expansion, you are, I assume it would be similar. Yeah, but a lot of like the game world is the same still. The game world is still the same. It's, it's, but sorry, sorry, finish. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So even 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 Miles's animations are different. Like like there's more of there's more like 
I don't know. There's like it. It feels differently playing as Miles and with the new powers, with uh, even some of the new new perks and moves that you learn. I think I, I think it feels like a, like a different game. Yeah, time. they were very careful in not repeating the same moves for everything or giving you the same upgrades to unlock again, which is something I really appreciate. They made it feel like an all new game in a lot of ways. So yeah, man, and it's really really good. So sorry, that's what I wanted to ask. Since the way you guys are gushing about this game. This actually is everything someone would want in a sequel, and not just an expansion, you know. And I'm thinking that why did they give this the expansion treatment and not a sequel treatment, and make it like little bigger in scope and release it as a full-fledged sequel as a launch title for the PS5? Maybe they have something bigger planned. I don't know. I mean, like the- no. Also, if this was a sequel, I would I, then I would hold it against it that the game world is the same. Nothing has changed in the yeah. game world. Yeah, that's but that Spider-Man be, that, that would, is always in New York, right? Like I don't know where else he's gonna go. But they would switch up something like the like the aesthetics would change. Like there might be more, uh, like you know, something like like you expect something to change in the game world. Like this is exactly a copy paste job, which is not a bad thing. I mean, it's an expansion, so you expect the same game world. Yeah. But I would want there to be some improvements in the game world. The maybe the way it looks. Like obviously, a, a, a PS5 sequel will look much better. It'll be built for PS5, so you will expect a lot more than, more than what you got in the PS4 game. So. Exactly, and you know, you never know, man. I mean, like maybe for the sequel, they have something massive planned. Like maybe they're going to be bringing in a whole multiplayer component in which you kind of bring play as Spider-Man from different uh, universes and shit like that. Make it like that Gotham Knights game. <laughs> dude, that's gonna suck. Straight up, that's gonna suck. Yeah, dude. That, that's but you know, but but, but you know the parts, the parts that, like there are some parts that have cutscenes only, but like the parts when there's Miles and and Spider-Man together, yeah. and I think that if they could do that as co-op, even. Uh, I think that'd be really cool if they could do it in the next game. Uh, I really hope the whole game would not depend be dependent on that. I mean, it could be it would be nice if it had some ad- additional missions, but yeah, I wouldn't want to play an online only multiplayer only kind of a Spider-Man game, dude. That would suck. Too, yeah. But besides Miles, there's also one more game that we can talk about, and that is something again that you've been playing, Bali. Yes. So that depends. Sorry, when is this podcast going live again? No, we can we can talk about the game. You just cannot give it a rating or a, like, no conclusion. No like conclusion. no no verdict on it. So yeah, yeah so I've been playing some Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, for a while now, and on? Uh, playing it on. I'm playing on the PS4 Pro. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm playing on the PS4 Pro, and dude, I will say this: that the game has issues. It's got some jank in it. Mm. But I'm enjoying the fuck out of it, dude. Like, it is scratching that open world Skyrim slash Witcher itch, like, mad. And obviously, I love the setting because I've, I've, so throughout this pandemic, I binged watch on this show called The Last Kingdom, which is like a Viking show. I fucking love that. And currently, we're watching Vikings right now, which I also like. So I love the Viking vibe. It's pretty dope. So for me, playing as a Viking living the viking life was actually awesome because you do everything that you do in these shows you go for raids you kill a lot of shit you get drunk you do stupid shit you're an asshole that shit's wiping with me nice so how how does the gameplay differ in any way when you're playing as two different characters i have no idea i just chose the single male option Oh, okay. You didn't even try out the other one. Okay. No, so, so because the thing is that you you have this choice, right? You can play male, you can play female, and you can play either male or female. Now, personally, for me, 
I don't like multiple protagonists in my game, which is why I didn't like GTA Five that much, which is why mm. I didn't care that much about Watch Dogs. So for me, it's like one and done, you know. So I chose the guy because he coincidentally happens to be voiced by a guy who was in The Last Kingdom. So I was okay. like, yo, the guy was my boy in that show. So I'm like, dude, I'm gonna play it as him. Let me let me tell you this. Why don't you guys ask me stuff about the game, and I can answer any questions that you may have? Because Gagan, you've played a lot of Odyssey, so I'm sure you have. Right. You know, so so the big the, world. the big thing I had with Odyssey is like the game was just way too big for me to even come close to finishing it. Right. So is this as big? Is bigger. Are you serious? <laughs> Dude, it's so big that the first area, like the starting area, which is the Viking homelands so of Sweden, Norway, wherever. Dude, like if I literally had to do everything over there, I could have maybe spent like 15 to 20 hours over there. And and mind you, this is before the credits roll and like the game begins. Holy shit, dude. So it's massive, dude. But see, the see, like every Assassin's Creed game, my advice to anyone interested in this game would be play it as you want. Do not get you know, get your OCD triggered like, oh, I see an icon here. Oh, I see a treasure here. Oh, I see something here. Oh, I see something here. Dude, you go mad trying to clear out the map. So what I do is I play it very organically, right? I have my mission. I see stuff on the way. If I see a side, not a side quest. So the game doesn't have side quests anymore. There are these things called world events, you know? And the good part is they may or may not reward you. So you're just doing it to kind of experience the world a little more. There's no like, or do this quest and you'll get an armor set. No, none of that shit is there. So I like that. It feels kind of organic, you know. Um, So you do whatever comes your way, go to the mission and that's it, dude. Like, I'm not saying that, okay, I have, this is my starting area. Let me go ahead and like tick off everything I've done. Because you will get burnt out playing this game that way, for sure. Another thing I would say is that performance really surprised me on the PS4 Pro. I'm playing it on the Pro and performance is like pretty solid 30 fps which is what i expected right not bad bad at all now obviously the game is not the best looking game on the ps4 compared to something like even like ghost of tsushima which was a first party game how does it look compared to odyssey i would say it actually looks a little worse than odyssey in some aspects oh okay so the architecture is great but the texture work is a little low res on the ps4 pro version I think it probably means that they're optimizing this for PS5 and Series X. Probably. And therefore yeah. not like Odyssey, like I, I know what you're saying. I, I played it on the PS4 as well. And like the architecture just like popped, you know. But mm-hmm. see, understand one thing. This is also the time period because Odyssey was in, in Greece. There was a lot of shiny architecture. Here it's all like roof, like thatches and like, you know, villages and like castles and all. So there's not a whole lot of scope for very shiny objects or shiny construction pieces. So maybe right. that's why. Also, maybe I've not seen enough of this game, but from what I've seen, it seems like it's a, the whole art style and aesthetic is very uh, gloomy. And it is. Like, it is. It's, it's like actually more gray. So the thing is that it honestly, that depends on the time of day because England, which is where the game takes place, uh, is beautiful, dude. It's like it's like Skyrim, right? There's like lush hills and there's the lakes and rivers and it's beautiful, dude. But in the time of day, so once you cross like five, six o'clock in the day, everything becomes like full Unreal Engine 3. <laughs> full brown. 
<laughs> you know, and right. it's, it's it's very jarring then, especially when you're in a fortress and you're kind of trying to take out like a whole army or take on an army in the siege kind of battles. You know, spotting people actually gets a little tricky at that time of day. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that particular kind of lighting. I'm sure the lighting will look better on next-gen consoles. Right. right. Interesting. Tell me about tell me about the structure. Like the one thing that I would that, that would cause me to like drop off these the past games is right. that the the way the game is structured, it kind of feels like there's it, it's it's just a lot of padding that's there. Like even in the missions and all that, so it feels like it doesn't like there's no like your time investment is not kind of rewarded in terms of what the what the what, what the the reward really is whether it's the story progression or the quality of the missions like is there some variety in that now so uh yes and no no in a way there is still a lot of padding in this game I, you know i won't lie to you but what i do like is a lot of the missions that are flowing uh how do i put this they have a point to them so you know in in odyssey you start the mission you start the game in one way and then suddenly you're embroiled in this whole political nonsense and yeah. I'm like running all over the fucking place, right? Right now, you're very focused. You're a Viking and your goal is to kind of take over England as much as you can. So in that way, I like the focus in the game because you meet up with other like-minded guys and everyone's like, okay, how do we kill this king? How do we take this over? How do we do this? I like that. Another thing I like is that the game does not reward you with too much stuff so when you get stuff it feels unique right now in odyssey again every second quest like i would come across armor like kachra like good armor good weapons they would just fall my way so much so that i was just like you know what fuck it after a while now they've hidden it and every treasure hunt is actually a hunt in itself so i'll give you some very vague examples so some examples are very simple whereas you could just have to break open a wooden door and there'll be a chest inside but in some cases you may have to like jump on a hut and light a fire at a particular place to burn down the hut and then get the chest inside whereas in some places you may have to get an exploding jar carry it to a place where the wall looks a little brittle and blow it up with a flaming arrow so there's a lot of like small things to kind of make you look around and it's not just there and each of these rewards is is not like the next so so far i've played like i think 20 hours 18 20 hours and i've only come across two weapons and, two, and and like maybe one cape and like one shield other than that i'm just earning resources so right. i like the fact that when i actually get a weapon i'm like yo is this weapon nice is it good let me see if i want to do it as opposed to eh, another sword you know fuck it let me just throw it in the inventory or whatever yeah but i yeah, can see that being good i will tell you this though dude like by and large it is an Assassin's Creed game. If you've played any Assassin's Creed game since Origins, which is basically just Origin and Odyssey, this will feel extremely familiar. Now, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on where you're coming from. So, if you're like Sam and you kind of get burnt out very fast and you want more, and you want something more structured like a Miles, you know, this is definitely not the game for you, bro. Because like I said, the whole of Miles, you could fit into the tutorial area and still not finish it. <laughs> okay. But... If you kind of enjoy the lore, if you enjoy Viking lore, if you enjoy open world RPGs, if you enjoy the power creep, you will enjoy this game. Warts and all. Yeah. Also, what like what like what kind of bothers me is that the more you play it, you, you, like you realize that there's a there's a very there's a very uh, samey structure to it. Like okay, you go to this area. Definitely. This is the this is the king of this area. So you're gonna have to do some five missions until you get to take over his like 
like you know kill this king and then this area is yours then you move to the next one is that the way it, it so, this is as well it's uh, it's not exactly that copy paste but yeah it's it's more or less the same thing like you will have to maybe take like, like kill his lieutenant first you know and then and then maybe make your way up but in my case it, it's not really a spoiler but the first king i went after he actually fled his kingdom he bounced so i'm actually on a chase to kind of chase him down so it's a little different than me just so like shadow of what type no, no no yeah ish but like, like- but I can't not not the game, but I mean that whole thing is there. Yeah. Sadly, there's no nemesis system. But I thought that was a nice change of pace. Where, like you said, I was expecting the same thing. I'm like, okay, this is his fortress. Maybe I'll have to like liberate like four or five things in and around his area. Then I'll get access to that fortress, and I slowly, mm-hmm. slowly, slowly make my way up to him. But in this case, I straight up entered his fortress. I fucked it up. I took it over, but he was nowhere to be found. So now that started a separate quest line where I got to hunt him down. And that's where, oh, that's where another thing has come into play now, which he's not been there in Assassin's Creed game for a while. And that's social stealth. You guys remember how that yeah, used to be, yeah, 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 yeah. be a big thing in games before. So now you can apparently put your hood on and you can blend in. It's not as... I mean, at least I haven't unlocked maybe a perk or whatever to blend in with a crowd the way you could do in like, I think AC2 and stuff like that. But I can sit on a bench, I can have a conversation with someone and guards kind of pass you by. In doing so, you can stealth uh, assassinate people. You can even hire drunks to kind of create a distraction and move by unnoticed. So it's got these couple of new touches that the older these two games didn't have. I like that. That's nice. I'm glad that these things came back because, I mean, these are the features that were missing in the newer ones. And and now there's something called raids. That I'm sure you guys have seen, a, you guys must have seen these gameplay videos also. So, like every Viking saga, you need resources and you get resources through raids. And you do raids by going to these monasteries and different encampments and basically liberating them, killing everyone there and you get the thing. So, again, with raids, what happens is you do one raid, you've pretty much seen most of them. That is still there. That gameplay aspect has not changed a lot. It's just that some will be tougher. Some will have like a mini boss. Some will have like a like a really heavy dude. Some will have some spear guys. So that variety is there in a way. But once I've done one raid, I pretty much know what I'm getting into with every raid. But for me, I like doing it because that ties into my settlement, which is also something new this game does. Like you have this new settlement right now with you and you can actually customize the shit out of the settlement and have every vendor in the game in your settlement so if you want to customize your hair if you want to customize your tattoos if you want to customize your weapons you want to upgrade your weapons you want secret missions to take on people from the order everything can be done in your base which is what i like and as you grow it it looks better you can add some cosmetic stuff so you it's like see it's like a small very very basic simi like aspect over there you know it's cool it's a nice touch so how long do you think this game is going to end up being? At least 100 hours. Minimum. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a min. Dude, I was looking at the map and I've been playing so much and I was like, okay. And like the map's like a tiny ant and then there's... So as far as I know from what they've said with history is that England back then had four different aspects of it. It was divided into four parts and each part had different kings, right? So... You got to go and maybe like, so you have Wessex and and Mercia and and a couple of these other places. So I think each of them will be separate like townships or whatever. And you'll have to do all the side quests and all the grind associated with them. So make no mistake, there is a fuck ton of grinding and there's a fuck ton of padding in this game. That that is not gone. 
So that seems like it's it's perfect for somebody who's probably going to buy this one game and then probably stick yeah, with it for 6 months, 8 months. So so let me say this. let's say you bought a next gen console and you're like I want an open world game but I've blown up all my paper and I don't have too much money and all. Then if you ask me from a value for money perspective, do this shit's going to keep you going for like 6 months on it? Yeah, yeah. And and the next gen consoles will have a free upgrade. This is a full pre-upgrade, 4K, 60 FPS, straight up. Nice. And even saves carry forward, no? And yeah, and yeah, and now through UB Connect, basically your saves carry forward across generations and across platforms also. Dude, that is mad. Yeah, so you could start the game on the PS4, and if you upgrade your PC and get a good deal, move to the PC and just continue the game from where you left off. It's madness. Nice, nice. And how is the how is the traversal like? How how do you navigate the world though? It's it's the same as Odyssey. So you can literally run on foot everywhere. You have your horse, and you have uh, you have boats, long boats through rivers, and you have fast travel. Right. So every time you go to a uh, what's that point? Synchronization point. So every time you go up to there, the bird's eye view of a sync point that becomes your fast travel point. Then so you can then fast travel across the world, which is what I do. Because like the first few times, it's it's like nice, you know. There's a novelty of 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 going through the world and have a random event come up. But after a while, if you're in a hurry, you want to just go somewhere, then you can fast travel as well. So that's what I mean. Because uh, like what what used to happen with me in the older games is that I would just keep looking for a fast travel point to go to my next mission right. because right. I didn't find like there was much. uh reward in like exploring because it like there wasn't anything cool that came out of it and i think like playing miles it, it it kind of made me realize how important traversal is because i didn't i didn't find myself using a fast travel even once in miles or even right. the earlier spider-man game because just swinging around is so much fun and so i th- like this is the one thing that kind of makes me go off the really long open world games because like so much time is just spent like traveling Either you fast travel everywhere and you miss the entire open world game, which is like op- open world, which is the, the whole point of an open world game. Right. But when you do decide to go on horseback or whatever, I, I, I like I find that the the reward isn't enough for the time. But, but you know, in. that being said, I don't think any game will actually see what you. I think what you enjoyed more than the traversal is the swinging. And apart from a superhero game where you could swing or jump buildings and fly, traversal is very grounded in games. So you have to either go by foot or by road or by horse or whatever, you know. Right. right. Uh, so I think that is going to be an issue for grounded games for Sam personally. Like, like I love prototype. I don't know if you guys played those games back in the day. Dude, traversal was like this. I could run up buildings, jump off rooftops. I could, I never used fast travel in those games, right? Yeah. But 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 like in a game like Skyrim or or Assassins or Witcher and or anything that's why i use the fast travel because to me once i've experienced a slice of the open world it's pretty much re- it's pretty much repeated right like there's no open world game till date where i've played where i've had such a unique experience everywhere i've gone that i'm like oh i'm never going to fast travel i don't think it's fucking possible for me you know, there, there are there are some games where i found myself using it less like i think red dead is one example and and witcher 3 is another one where where Like 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 that time when you come across something so cool that you're like, thank God I was on horseback and I didn't fast travel through this area because there's some really cool stuff that happens when you're just free roaming, you know, which is not there enough in in many open world games. But dude, how much of Witcher did you play? Because after like hundred hours, I I started fast traveling everywhere. So I won't lie, the first hundred hours exactly like this. It felt magical. No, no, I did, I did, I did. But then, like, but then, but then there are rewards for for going on horseback in the Witcher, whereas I don't find that enough. 
and also in Red Dead. But but it, I don't find that enough in other open world games, which is why I feel like so the open world is kind of pointless. I feel I feel I feel you're kind of burnt out with Assassin's Creed because technically right. Assassin's Creed does have rewards also. Like you will find like in this game also, you will find treasures which you would have never found had you fast travel. I think it's just that. not just you and i know a lot of people have genuinely right now burnt out with the ubisoft open world formula you know because it's as much as it's good it still feels like it's come out from a factory like this is open world 101 this is ubisoft game 101 like i know exactly what i'm getting into when i play a ubisoft game you know i enjoy it but i know what i'm getting myself into that sadly is 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 the good and bad in their games right now you know which game had the best traversal of every other game was that Arkham Knight, dude. First of all, that whole mechanic of swinging and gliding is insanely baller. And you add the Batmobile into the mix, and dude, I don't think there's any game that got traversal as right as that one game. So the Batmobile got mad hate in that game for the controls. The missions and everything, the the Riddler missions and the Batmobile missions, that was all forced in. But for traversal alone, man, those three things worked so well, man. It's just way better. Yeah. Even, I would Sorry. go back to that any day over Spider-Man as well. I would actually say that Arkham Knight became too bloated for its own good, which is why it people did. didn't like it, dude. It like, if, because the mechanics in that game, the gameplay mechanics, are fucking next level, like like Rockstar level game mechanics, right? But there's so much bloat, there's so much padding in that game, and and this is, I feel, a curse of every fucking open world game right now in yeah. 2020 or above. There is just so much padding, there is so much bloat, and I think they have taken the whole value for money to like a twisted new level where oh, you want value for money? Here's like 500 hours, but of like repeated content no right. that's not what i'm saying you know like i know i know a lot of people may or may not actually agree with me on this but sleeping dogs was one of the games that i personally felt did open world content just right there wasn't too much there wasn't dude, nobody too will di- nobody will disagree nobody with you on that dude that that's right. a very loved game dude no because dude they just managed to nail everything down just about right like there was enough side quests for me to enjoy it but not be like oh i'm puck out enough treasure hunting for me to be able to upgrade my guy and i fucking i wouldn't say platinum did because i played on the steam but i got all my achievements and i never once felt like ah dude maybe not now maybe later no i feel that game for me is the benchmark for open world content so yeah i i've, I've been lucky in the fact that the last two games i reviewed which is mafia and uh, miles morales have both been like really nice like padding free experiences so it's been good fun for so me so mafia is actually not an open world game it's actually it a linear game. game it's really weird that they have this open world because you can't do shit in it dude ah uh, you cannot i mean no, you but, can't like you can steal cars and stuff but it's very like whatever no this you know? open world or not i mean it was a linear experience and it was a very tight and concise experience i really enjoyed that aspect of it i was actually hoping they would do that for valhalla maybe give me a 50 hour game but give me like a much tighter a much well you know much better curated 50 hour game in fact legions i'm hmm. almost at the end of legions right now and i don't think it's more than a 25 hour game which is also not bad Right, like for a Ubisoft game, that's like insanely short, right? But uh, I f- I feel a lot of games now need to go down that route, and I don't know with the open world games coming up. Like, is there anything coming up soon? Dude, the Cyberpunk, if it releases, if it releases. But I think they CD project like Witcher. They got little carried away. I think I was kind of burnt out by the time I reached the third area. Yeah. But I think they normally they do it in a way that you really want to explore. They they do do that really well. 
Yeah, but Cyberpunk, I think, is going to be a short, uh, smaller Much world. Shorter. Yeah, so hopefully that goes well. So, by the way, just so you guys know, Apex are now on Steam if you guys want to try it out. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying. <laughs> you, you think it was Origins that was stopping us from trying <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's insane how challenging this game is. Like, I a part of me kind of wants to play it also, but a part of me is like, fuck you, I don't have time for this shit. But I'm going to try it. Because it is insanely tough, but mechanically it's really good. No, apparently this game is really popular on, on consoles in India. Apex, oh, dude, you know, right? Uh, Apex team now, what they launch is full cross-play now Apex has. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, because uh, apparently on the PlayStation Store, uh, a lot of in-app purchases, sorry, a lot of lot of in-game transactions for Apex happens in India. So, no, Apex is a very very popular game. I think it just had some of its glory stolen by uh, COD, you know, Warzone. But I think it'll come back with the move to Steam now. It's going to be a bump up in population also. Right, and also as an update to uh, the little Fortnite farm I have going in my house, <laughs> I haven't been able to play the game at all since the last couple of weeks at all. But the thing is, uh, yeah, my daughter is really taking it forward, and now she's already got, uh, she's gone beyond level eighty, and she's unlocked uh, Mystique as well. So yeah, man, it's going well. So hopefully by November thirtieth, we aim to get Iron Dude, Man. I don't think you're getting back to Fortnite. I will get back to Fortnite. Dude, that's the first game I want to try on my next console. Dude, right. But sorry, before we go, and since you spoke about uh, since you spoke about next gen, have you seen what uh, Coalition is doing with Gears 5 for Xbox oh, Series yeah. X? I, I dude, actually it looks saw super fucking impressive, man. Yeah, dude. The game looks so good now. And all these changes are coming to PC as well. Right, they are. They are. And you can play with Batista now. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can replace Marcus Phoenix as Batista. <laughs> Nobody wants to replace him, man. Replace I know, like, I want to replace the whiny dudes with fucking Batista, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why Marcus? <laughs> I know, I know. Right, right. So, I guess that's about all the time we have for this time's podcast. We hope you enjoyed our mini discussion on every game that we're playing right now. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs> Sam, you didn't say bye. You just like silent. I was waiting for Gagan to go second. Dude. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. All right, see you guys. <laughs>